767 on the 12th of August 2011. James and welcome back to the couch. Hi Ian, it's good to be here with you again. Here we are. We're going to talk about what's happening in the world of broadcast and entertainment technology. Uh, from our indeed. view on the couch. We have a few th- indeed, we have a few themes for that, don't we? We've got kind of business, uh, loosely speaking, technology. Content delivery, a bit of mobile action, uh, some gaming mm. news and any other category which is always kind of... Of other yeah, it's, it's emerging things. tech. I like to say. Yeah, we should exactly. Rename it. Yes, let's call it that. <laughs> mm. um, right. So, without further ado, mm. we go straight in there mm. with our first story about um, this one's about ADB. Is it? This is a yeah. Well, this is a set-top box vendor as well. They, they? they are indeed. Um, so they've been going through a process of restructuring and integration. Yeah. Is what they say. Um, so their first half. What does that mean? Losing money or? <laughs> I think they were, I think they were working on which particular parts of their business were actually making money and getting rid of right. the ones that weren't making money, which makes a lot of sense from a business perspective. Mm. Um, so they're, yeah. they're saying now that their first half of 2011 revenues came in at 172 million, uh, up from 141 million for the same period in 2010, which is good with a gross profit of mm. 50 million, which is up by 2.3%. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, they've got, they've got, I think I quite like the fact they've got a spread of customers. No single customer has more than 12.5% of revenue. Yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? Because um, that means that which is quite a good you know, any one customer can only affect 12% of their revenues mm. versus, you know, some, I know some uh, vendors in the broadcast space are very highly dependent on one or two particular customers and mm. uh, that can massively I guess the, affect their the, Yeah, I mean, the downside there, I guess, is most of their revenue comes from Europe. Um, yeah, very much so, and that's and that's ninety three percent. So I think you'd probably want more of a geographical spread. But anyway, we're not here to give advice. Um, <laughs> no, we'll just comment so, on it because you know that's what we can do. <laughs> that's cool, um, indeedy. So what else is um, is kicking off? We've also got some little bit of news here on um, IBC. Is that plan or no? Sorry, it's just a bit of an overlap in the notes. If you do le- read the notes, which Ian puts together religiously. Um, You'll be able to see that uh, there's some information there about uh, all sorts of other stuff as well. Um, now, you've got a picture here in the notes of a beautiful Sky Deutschland. And mm-hmm. They've done pretty well, haven't they? Yeah, they're doing pretty well. Um, so they've had four quarters of subscriber growth now, which uh, in these days and times is a pretty pretty impressive. So they've added 100,000 customers in the first half of the year to take their subscribers to 2.7, mm. almost 2.8 million subs, which is which is very impressive. Yeah, especially in Germany, where you know people are used to getting lots and lots of channels for free, basically. Mm, aren't they? It's, it's a very it's hard been, market um, to, to penetrate. They've had mm. lots of lots of good channels on free to air for a long time. Um, so having mm-hmm. having uh, Sky come in there and trying to create a market out of a very difficult situation. Um, it's not like in is Sky for Sky in the UK, where you know they have content that no one else has. Uh, if you right. want Premier League football in the UK, you have to get Sky. That's just kind of it. Yes, yeah, yeah. So and they don't have the rise to the Bundesliga order in Germany, do they? But uh, maybe go. I guess HD is helping them. There's a bit of a bit of a piece in the notes yeah. there about having HD. So I guess that's not probably available so much in the, the free-to-air domain and, and organising that so you can get it. Is exactly. Good. So and so, that's, and so you can see how them. Sky there is concentrated on providing better mm. quality content uh, and in HD and so on. Uh, so they've got 1.2 mm. million households uh, with Sky HD now, mm-hmm. which is which is fantastic. So... Yeah, so it's. I think it's good to see how they're concentrating on 
providing a better quality, better value service and creating a market out of that as opposed to just trying to directly compete with quantities of channels, for example. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's good. And uh, right. we're moving In straight the technology, to technology section. Yeah. Um, so IBC is coming up. I'm mm. actually, I don't think I'm actually going for the first time in donkey's years, which is quite yeah, that's, um, that's nice years. in a way. Cause it's since you haven't been to IBC. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm keeping my powder dry for CES, I think. Um, yeah. So a bit of news from IBC. Uh, it's like, it's only a month away in, and I know for all of us that are working on demos for IBC, it's only a month away. Mm. There's so much to <laughs> Just do. wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Um, a little note here from uh, the DVB group who are demonstrating DVB C2, DVB T2, and DVB Gem uh, mm-hmm. at IBC, which I thought was interesting. I did, hadn't heard of DVB C2 up until now. So, uh, I mean, that's the thing about cables. Bigger, is better, just, faster cable, right? Better yeah, modulation. Yeah, exactly. Or I would have thought so. But I mean, this. I thought cable being a bit naive, I just thought you could just, you know, whack up your QAM modulation. To you know, 256, maybe they've gone 1024 or something. Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to find out a bit more about it because it's quite interesting. That, mm. um, I mean, there's always been tons of bandwidth on cable anyway, up until the point where you try and do lots of HD channels, but still, well, lots yeah, of until everyone starts using it. Yeah, well, I guess it's <laughs> yeah, maybe if right. you're doing channel bonding and all these kinds of things. Mm. Um, so DBBC2 will show a video on demand service. There we go, yeah. which presumably uses half the bandwidth or something. Yeah, um, uh, t 2 which we've heard about before. Uh, and they're announcing yeah. T2 Lite, uh, which is a version of DVB T2, so it's a terrestrial service optimized for reception on smaller and mobile devices. So, I don't which know. Would, would suggest lower, they're smaller with three there. L's, I know from the, the press release. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's very small, James. Go on. There's there's extra <laughs> L's. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess that must be maybe lower, presumably lower resolution. I think DVB mm. T2 does what hierarchical encoding, so you can. Oh, right. Maybe Interesting. just down your resolution or something. So that sounds cool. And this um, gem, which was the gem, was, oh, was supposed to be, well, it was a common execution environment, mm. wasn't it? Um, in yep. the so MHP space. You shouldn't be so able to uh, do uh, Java like apps within that environment. Yeah. But, uh, uh, globally executable MHP, was that what it was mm, called? Something like that. Something like that. And it's only yeah. from what, from my memory, it's only Brazil that have really gone with, with gem. Uh, but I'm sure our listeners can well, correct no, I us thought, if we're yeah, wrong. I thought Brazil has some funny stuff called Ginga or something. Oh, maybe they went which to Which is uh, their own homegrown, open sourcey kind of stuff. They're quite open source yeah, fans right. over there in Brazil. Mm, interesting. Um, but what else is going on here? We've got uh, Interference Unlocks Faster Mobile Data. So um, this is some uh, research from the technology incubator Reardon Labs, based just down the road from you, James, in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're saying that they've invented a new kind of wireless network that fits a whole chunk more data into the same time blocks by basically overlaying that data by understanding where the device is that you're talking to so that you can kind of complicate that area of space-time continuum. And uh, <laughs> Sounds a bit like COFDM where you just add up all the reflections and then put them together. Yeah. Um, well, I thought that was pretty cool. So um, but... Mm. Uh, they're actually intentionally combining radio signals from different transmitters. Um, so presumably you actually need multiple transmitters in an area and that mm-hmm. allows the receivers to overlay particular receptions. It's like, a, I mean, you know, in, um, in DVB-T, you get the single frequency networks yeah. where the whole thing is, um, it sounds a bit like that, but they're just saying they'll, they'll pick up um, other frequencies because I think that it is really, really congested in the mobile data space over right. here. 
particularly. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, uh, I guess anything you can do to make that faster, better, uh, without going 4G. And there must be there are quite a few people out there. I think who mm. are looking to chase, you know, to, to make things more efficient, to squeeze more into the existing sure. data networks, and um, which all, all needs to happen because they can't build out these things fast enough. So um, mm. that's cool. And right, um, content delivery. I thought this was quite. Um, Interesting this with American Airlines and GoGo um, yep. r- rolling out what appears to me to be, you know, don't bother using that crappy screen on the crappy UI on the thing on the back of the seat in front of you. <laughs> Use your own bring laptop in, for movies. Bring your, yeah, bring your laptop, your <laughs> iPad, you know, your I- iPod or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is quite interesting because you seem to buy it and use Wi-Fi on the plane. Right. Uh, watch it on your device and then you can, can, if you don't finish watching it, you can take it with you as well. Oh, that's so, pretty cool. Okay, I didn't realize that. That's pretty neat. Um, so the only thing you can rent it. I mean, it's only 100 yeah. movies and TV shows because I guess this is a bit of a... Bit of a test. You go and say to the movies, well, you go and say, I'd like to have this movie to kind of watch in flight and then take it with me. And they go, hmm, we don't have a rights package for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, I don't quite know what this stuff is because clearly, as you probably know, um, you know, on planes, they typically get movies kind of it's like a month after they've been released mm. in theaters they're pretty or even you know day and date of theaters yeah that's true so they get quite early access so it'd be interesting i guess you know if you're doing this on a an ipad you're going to be using you know apple's fair play mm. mm. some or you know some other protocol um so it's just interesting to see how they've got away with that but uh so they'll um very interesting they're, they're going to make tablets and other devices available for use with the product i mean so, um, fair enough. But I can imagine, I mean, there's all sorts of dramas here. Like, you know, you're at the land, it's like, all right, everyone switch off your electronic devices. It's like, but I haven't downloaded my movie yet and I've paid for it. What do I do now? <laughs> I'm not sure you, I guess it must be streaming because you wouldn't be able to download it because it can't be secure. I mean, oh, right. So you can um, keep streaming it after you've landed, but you can't, you don't have yeah, a copy I guess of it. it's oh, just, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess so, fine. and you know, I guess they can serve up the um, the keys and things over the uh, the right, wireless connection to the plane. That means um, they have to stream guess, you know, a fair amount of bandwidth to fill a plane full of video-hungry laptops. I mean, yeah, but you but you put the hundred movies on the plane. You know, that's just oh, one fat right SSD okay. or something, isn't it? Oh, so the right. movies are on the plane, but the rights are delivered via the cloud. Right. So it's over the um, Wi-Fi, but it's Wi-Fi connecting you to the plane as opposed e- to the internet. Okay. Yeah, it's the last the last uh, you know yeah, twenty feet enough. is fair coming enough. via Wi Fi, but uh, the rest is. I, I guess that's how it's working. I'm probably bullshitting, but nothing new there. <laughs> Sounds fair enough. Um, um, <laughs> right, uh, and also we've got a note here from uh, about Logitech who made the Google TV device. Um, yes, so which is the fastest returned product in the world, apparently. Yeah, um, so returns are exceeding sales, which says. is always a bad sign for a product. Um, so it's gone yeah. from two hundred forty nine dollars, which I half considered when I was there in the States looking at it going, meh, I might give this Mm, a go. But, Mm. you know, below $99, it's like, meh, I probably would have bought it if it was below $99. You can't go wrong for a hundred bucks, right? But Yeah, well, I mean, then you've got the Roku 2 and that's, you know, below 99. Um, So Mm. all these things, you just wonder what's, I don't think they had any really unique content. Um, Mm. And I did talk to someone in Google about Google TV and Mm. uh, without naming names, they said, well, I think the mistake we made there, if we'd call it a kind of browser on the TV, then we put it been, would have been okay. We called it Google yeah. TV and tried to make it something that, really, it's just a browser on the TV. In which case, <laughs> it's really just a PC with a TV monitor and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And an incredibly complicated remote that you have to look at yeah. and go, what do I do with that? But um, 
Which, yeah, you know, so I, I guess I, it's, I still um, got to rate my Apple TV games where, you know, whilst I don't actually mm. like the remote control because you often hit the wrong arrow keys on that silly remote, but it looks great. Um, and you just yeah. pick a movie and you hit play and it goes and it works and it's HD and it's easy. Yeah. I must you admit, I did like rent my first movie uh, this last week. I watched Limitless. Oh, uh, it's excellent. On, it worked on okay Apple for TV. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No problem. HD streaming, no interruptions, exactly. nothing. Perfect. Fine, isn't it? It's just, it just works. And um, that's exactly what And it was need. ready to watch within 20 seconds. Yep. Like that. No so uh, pretty good um, and Netflix seems to have got their act together to put some of the content back on I think you know, there's this oh, issue okay. where some of the content they had on it was um, obviously on a rolling renewal or, or was not on a rolling oh, renewal right. it didn't get renewed and, and then well it didn't get renewed automatically and I guess they go back and say well can we have that again and they're going hmm but you've got 20 million subs now you can uh, pay a little more <laughs> <laughs> we might uh, reorganise that but that yes. was really annoying because I was like, you know, um, three fourths of the way through five series or something, mm. and bang, it disappeared. <laughs> but it was away for a month, and there was a there was a firestorm on their forums. But uh, yeah, well, um, they're the people power. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, where are we now? Is this mobile or gaming? Yeah, or well, this is kind of a bit of both. But uh, in the mobile space, there's a bit of an article about how Apple is uh, beating Nintendo at its own game. Um, yes, and how the, yeah. the kind of the kind of portable gaming market, which was really owned by Nintendo well and truly up until uh, the iPhone came out, has now mm. been completely changed, not just in terms of, um, obviously, Apple versus Nintendo, but in the way people are consuming games as well. So, you know, as you know, yeah. James, the traditional market has been to, to buy a relatively expensive console handheld thing and then charge... Well, not, I guess it depends on your age. I mean, if you're a kid, like a 10-year-old or something, I guess you used to want to... Uh, Nintendo, and you probably still, you may still have one, mm-hmm. but you also want an iPod. And if you get an iPod Touch, which does cost more than a DS, mm-hmm. then you then you've got your music, which makes you trendy, I guess, when you're starting to think about that. And then um, you've also got access to all those games, but your Nintendo games won't work. Nintendo only makes games for its own consoles; it doesn't Correct. license any of the brands out. But I think um, the the distinction they're making here is between paying forty bucks for a game for the Nintendo versus paying yeah. ninety nine cents for a game. For the iPhone and how that yeah. market has changed from a, you know, it takes, you know, 80, 100 hours to play through some of those games on, on the Nintendo. And that's why you pay a yeah. big amount of money because there's a whole lot of content and, and how people are mm. seem to be more willing to pay smaller amounts, but with larger but numbers of people. Yeah, it mentions in here this guy from EA saying that the NBA Jam game you get for 99 cents on an iPhone is exactly the same as the $40 console version. Oh, really? That's amazing, isn't it? Um, so... And it's, it's a, a volume game. So, I mean, I, I think the 3DS is a great device. That's where at um, mm. GDC are in the year, but I, I also heard the sales of that aren't going particularly well. Um, it's maybe getting people getting yeah, too involved. Yeah, I mean, it is quite a lot more expensive kind of, than the previous one, and I, and I understand they're just about to drop the prices of the 3DS down to $170 from $249. So that'll certainly help. Yeah. And I must admit, when I saw it, I sort of... Looks at the price and went, eh, maybe not. I mean, at 170, it's still mm. a little bit expensive, but it's a whole different. Well, there's this Sony PlayStation Vita, which is like the PS, the PS3. Was it PS Lite? I can't remember. I, um, yeah. PSP third edition, I suppose, isn't mm-hmm. it? So this um, is. Um, so the gaming press was presently shocked when Sony announced the 250 dollar price point for the entry level Wi-Fi only PlayStation Vita. Um, mm. Although, unfortunately, it's. Uh, and ship Late. that after after Christmas, 
2011, so into 2012 before that comes out. So that's given Nintendo a bit of breathing room, I expect, but uh, very interesting to see how I don't know who would, who's going to buy that. I mean, that price point, you can get a, that's the thing. an iPod Touch. Yeah, once you've got an iPod, iPhone, then... What? I mean, if and the games are expensive, and I'm just not sure mm. what they what they think they're no. going to. No. At another point, you can buy an Xbox or a PlayStation Three, and if you want a console game, then that's a far better experience than a little handheld thing, regardless of the processing power that the little thing has. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, to the Vita, we'll see. I mean, it is it is a more dedicated gaming device. That's fair. I mean, the iPod touches, you know, its touchscreen mm. hasn't got any real buttons, and I think the v- the Vita's got this kind of um, like a touch touchpad on the back or something okay. so you can do gestures and things on the back of it um it just seems i guess it's, it, now that more and more people are gamers there is going to be a niche for even things like this they'll sell you know a hundred thousand or something i'm not sure it'll be that successful mm. if the if the 3ds can't you know make waves in a market it dominated mm. um i'm not sure about the uh, the playstation vita unless they put in you know a big movie store or get some unique content there but i don't think well, you know, Sony haven't been so great with the PlayStation trying to do that sort yeah. of stuff in the past, so we'll we'll have to see. Mm. Indeed. So, have you been um, have you been gaming at all recently? Uh, I've been totally totally slack on my gaming, James. It's been oh, been very embarrassing. I did find a game on the uh, on the iPhone that uh, remind me of you know our favourite Loco Roco. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's one called, and if I've got the name of it correctly here, it's something like Blobs or Blobville or something to do with blobs. It's not a world of it's not a world of goo. That one. Uh, no, it's called okay. Blobster. Mm-hmm. Blobster. And he's pretty and much give or take, almost exactly the same as Loco Roco. Um, you know, mm. you blob your lies yourself, and you eat other things, and you jump over things, and you have to kind of tilt the bigger. screen. The whole the whole kind of thing. But it's a very well done game. Very uh, the graphics are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nicely realised. So definitely worth it, worth a crack. And for right. 89p, why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, I've been uh, having a little crack on a thing called Luminosity, which is a brain training thing. Oh, yes. And how trained um, is your brain? Well, it, I'm not sure, sure. It just gives you a sort of a brain performance index, which kind of gets better. But I'm not convinced my brain's getting better. I'm just learning the weirdness of the puzzles they ask you to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, right. But the, the idea being it's, it's, you know, exercising the old grey matter and... Um, I don't know. I thought I'd give it a try. I was, yeah, I was, well, we've got some... It's uh, part of the California thing about being your best. You know how it is. <laughs> That's um, right. So, meanwhile, in the weird and wacky category, um, I, I don't know where I've kind of found this out, but it's like a, turning your car into a medical gadget. Okay. Which is, you know, when you go to the gym, which I don't go very often, but they often have these you know, yes. heart rate sensors on the on the machines that you grab hold of. Uh-huh. Yep. Essentially... Um, I guess this is all about you know tricking out your car's Toyota is putting these on the steering wheel, which kind of makes sense in mm-hmm. a way. So it'll be able to tell. Um, I guess it's another input for the car's computer to work out whether it should let you drive the car. Um, <laughs> so if your heart rate's too high, then I'm sorry, you're too excited to drive this car today. Yeah, or no, your heart has stopped. I think we better do something. <laughs> it's difficult to see from the graphic in the notes. It's a little bit. Uh, it's all in Japanese to me, but um, suddenly an ambulance appears in there at one point. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, sir. You so appear to be having a heart attack. Pull over and we'll call an ambulance for you. 
and it's not just uh, not just Toyota. So it's not the they're not the lone nuts. Uh, also, Ford is Ford's doing uh, the same thing. Well, Ford's putting something not. They're going to put it into the, the car seat. Um, right. So that gets so weird. <laughs> I've seen that. I've, I've, Where are those I've never actually going? been to a, a company over. I've been to a company over here which has a you know they they you can sit in the car seat and it would your heart rate would be displayed. Wow, that's um, pretty cool. It is, yeah. So, uh, and they were saying it's more. You could tell if you were drunk or tired or whatever. So, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. maybe maybe it's a bit breathing and heart rate could tell. That, I guess. I mean, well, mm. you could probably tell breathing as well if you can tell um, tell heart rate. Mm. Um, but it's like, I'm sorry, James, you can't drive the car. <laughs> well, I'm really surprised they haven't done a lot more with image recognition and that kind of stuff in cars because if 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 a hundred dollar little camera can tell where the faces are in a picture, then yeah. you could easily tell when people have their eyes, eyes are shut. and when they're you know, that, that would <laughs> seem to be quite trivial to me to work out yeah. considering hundred dollar camera can work out I'm where sorry, face is. Ian, you're you're blinking too much. <laughs> you appear to be sleepy. Or, yeah. Play some louder music. You could, or something, to, you could get to two spot on your eyelids, so it looks like you're awake. Maybe <laughs> that would fool it. Or at least get you to pull um, over. And I don't know. It, it seems to me that that would be the way to go. I don't know about yeah. ECG sensing steering wheels, James. It seems. Yeah, they um, need a. Yeah. Ca- what do they have? A built-in coffee machine. That's what they need, don't they? It's mm. Java time. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and the other article we have in the which um, probably should be in the other categories. Little Australian company that's worth having a look at the. Uh, the video, so hop on to YouTube and uh, at the look, at the look at the link in the show notes, you'll see the video. It's basically a company doing an update on on where it's going with what it reckons is uh, infinite infinite resolution graphics for games. So instead of having polygons... Oh, yeah, I remember you sent me this. I couldn't kind of work it out. What's the... Uh, it's, it's atomic, not tech cells, but atoms or something. Yeah, so having really um, tiny, like, atoms within a picture and viewing them as opposed mm. to... Um, pictures placed on polygons and they reckon they can do much more detailed graphics in games and I don't quite know how any normal graphics system is going to be able to do that but yeah, it sure looks interesting yes. and the video is actually very funny so it's kind of dry Australian accent kind of talking it through and uh, it's quite funny so definitely worth a look to see where they reckon the gaming <laughs> industry is going I think we should I should caveat that with funny to Australians <laughs> there you go um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and that's great so um Enjoy looking at that video. Do look at the show notes. Send us any feedback you like. Yep, um, good, bad, or ugly. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, follow us on Twitter, etc., etc. That'd be great. Mm. And uh, I guess we'll even have a Google circle for pod for on the couch or something. Shouldn't we? Yeah. Yes, indeed. So um, that wraps it up for episode one sixty seven, and it's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from me, and cheers. Bye. This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by EmbeddedAdventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with. 